Onyx Hunt is our go-to solution for anything mapping related, whether we're at the house or in the field, whether we're using the tracking feature in order to kind of figure out exactly where we're going in and out of the woods, to also implementing the new cell camera feature where you can actually link your different cell cameras that you may have from different brands and be able to get all those photos sent directly through the Onyx app where you can actually see them on your maps and be able to go through all your photos right there in one place. You can use the promo code SOUTHERN at checkout and save 20% on your Onyx Onyx membership. Onyx has been extremely helpful for us the last six years, and I'm sure it'll be helpful for you. So know where you stand with Onyx. I'm sure by now y'all have heard about the Vortex VIP warranty. It is a unlimited, unconditional lifetime warranty. Absolutely the best warranty in the business. So if you drop your binos out of a tree stand, if you run them over with your truck, whatever happens, you can send it into Vortex and they'll fix or replace it. That gives me peace of mind knowing that Vortex stands behind their products. So hey, head on over to Midway USA and use the promo code SOUTHERN to get a discount on any Vortex optics you order through Midway USA. If you use that code, you get a discount and it helps out the show. So head on over to MidwayUSA.com and check out some Vortex optics. Meadow Creek Mounts is your go-to mounting option for red dots on your turkey shotgun. And one of my favorite features about this mount is you don't have to drill and tap your shotgun in order to mount a red dot onto your shotgun. I personally have used this mount the last two seasons and it's worked extremely well for me. One thing I personally like about it is because it's so low onto the barrel when it mounts to the rib of your shotgun, it allows for a very natural head positioning when shouldering your gun. Also an advantage of using a red dot compared to maybe just a traditional bead on your shotgun is you get a much more clear view of the turkey and you're able to kind of see what else is around there and making sure you're perfectly on that bird. Now if you're interested in giving Meadow Creek Mounts a try you can go over to the website meadowcreekmounts.com and use the code southern at checkout to be able to save 10% on your order. Hey guys, welcome to the first episode of the Southern Outdoorsman Podcast. My name's Andrew Maxwell, and I'm here with my friend and co-host, Jacob Myers. How you doing today, Jacob? Doing pretty good. How about yourself, my man? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. Five days left in deer season, so you know, can't complain too much. Yeah, it's tough, but hey, we got turkeys coming up, so we got something else to look forward to. That's right. It's hard to focus on deer when I got turkeys on the brain, but <laughs> well, true. guys... We're excited to start this podcast. It's something we've wanted to do for a long time. It's something that we're pretty passionate about, and we're excited to get it off the ground. Um, so, Jacob, what are some of your goals for this podcast going forward? Well, definitely, you know, being another Southern outdoorsman like yourself, you know, definitely relate with, you know, the other hunters, you know, in our area from, you know, anywhere all the way out from, you know, maybe East Texas all the way to Florida and, you know, North Carolina. Uh, just, you know, guys hunting, you know, different terrain features and stuff that you're not going to find out in the Midwest. You know, not many guys I know that hunts in the South, uh, except in a very few spots, you can find a lot of agriculture. Uh, so, then, you know, the whole soybeans and cornfields and everything and learning how to hunt, you know, fence rows really doesn't, you know, connect with a lot of us down here uh, like it will out in the Midwest with a lot of the, a lot of other uh, podcasts. Uh, so, that's something I definitely would like to focus on. Now, Andrew, how about yourself? What's a couple of topics that, you know... It's something that we want to focus on with this podcast coming from your perspective. Man, I couldn't have said it any better myself. I just, first and foremost, I want to have fun with it. I want to bring some good entertainment and some information to whoever wants to listen. And I want to bring some content forward that's useful to the Southern Hunter. Because as you know, as, 
as good as I do, like you just said, you know, some guy giving me advice on hunting a, you know, 500 acre farm that has soybeans on the ground doesn't, doesn't really apply to me hunting piney woods here in Alabama. Not to say that he doesn't produce great content, but it's just not that useful to me. Sometimes I can take some stuff and apply it to what I'm doing, but not all the time. And it just gets difficult to kind of transfer that knowledge over to what I'm doing. So I hope that we can cover plenty of stuff on here from hunting topography to hunting thick swamps down in South Alabama and Florida and hunting the mountains of uh, Georgia and Tennessee and uh, exploring all the different ways that people hunt in the Southeast and hopefully learn some new methods or adjust some old methods that we've used for a long time. Yeah, I totally agree. And kind of like with a little bit of our background and everything, you know, you know, Andrew, myself, you know, we both have experience, you know, hunting, especially a lot of public land. Uh, that's something that we've kind of transitioned to very hard in the last couple of years. Uh, this year, being myself, um, transitioned almost 100% to public land hunting, which everyone knows, you know, public land hunting can be extremely difficult and there's a very large learning curve to that. That's something that we'd like to help with other guys, you know, be able to connect and learn how to maybe shorten that learning curve for themselves hunting public land, whether it's out of state or just, you know, at their back, you know, the local public land or wildlife management area that's right down the road from them that they might have wanted to hunt before, but, you know, like some of my family members have done, they just keep driving by and decide not to hunt it because they don't want to put the time and effort into it. But it can make your worthwhile, you know, putting the time and effort to do stuff like that. And again, I think we can bring a lot of content to people that has that same mind perspective to that. Yeah, I think you're right about that. And a lot of people are kind of afraid to hunt on public land. Like our friend Chad says, there's kind of a public land stigma, like a taboo about it where, you know, people don't want to hunt it just because it's public land. But over the last few years, that's kind of what me and Jacob have done a lot. And it's actually how me and Jacob ended up meeting each other last year. Uh, Jacob, you want to start with that story? That's a pretty good one. Yeah, so uh, how that story kind of begins, begins is... I was out hunting a piece of public land uh, with my two younger brothers. We're doing a little hanging hunt, uh, or what we call running gunning, and uh, had the opportunity to shoot a very nice, about 130-inch buck on public land with my bow, and pulled the shot, uh, deflected off a branch. And anyways, on the hike out, uh, it was an evening hunt, so on the hike out in the dark, met my brothers up, went back to the truck. Well, we're trying to find out, when we get back to the truck, my brother, uh, or one of them, had lost their cell phones. And we went back to look for it, couldn't find it. And they said they were going to come back the next day. Well, the next day was a uh, designated firearm hunt on this piece of property. And while my brother or my <laughs> two brothers came out there, they actually walked up on Andrew uh, sitting there on this gas line slash power line, I guess. And uh, just kind of overlooking this spot where they had been sitting the night before and kind of met up and started talking to him. And then, Andrew, I guess you can take it from there. <laughs> yeah. So I'm I'm parking at this gate, walking way in. I mean, I measured it. It's two miles on the map, which I was just walking in, hitting a gas line and following that gas line until I got to my spot. And being that I was walking so far, I was like, man, there is nobody else in here. I got this to myself. I can see everything in the world with this gun. I'm going to I'm gonna kill a deer today. Gets to be about 9.15, and I look behind me, and there's two guys standing there at 40 yards. I'm just like, <laughs> dude. <laughs> Come oh. to find out, those were Jacob's brothers, and there was a road that went in there that I didn't know about, and so they're looking at me like I'm an idiot. They're like, you walked how far? <laughs> so 
<laughs> that's how I got associated with his brothers. We had a good conversation, had a good laugh about it. And uh, then a couple days later, uh, Jacob actually posted, we're both part of Alabama Deer Hunters. Jacob posted up a picture of a, a big rub on Alabama Deer Hunters. And I saw that and I'm like, man, that looks like a haba. And so I just messaged him. I'm like, hey, man, is that Cahaba? And the rest is kind of history. We got in a conversation about it. And uh, we're both guys that really like to share tactics, have good conversations about how we're hunting these animals. So naturally, we just kind of hit it off, started talking about where we were hunting, how we were hunting, the techniques we were using, and uh, just kind of went from there. And the rest is history. Now we've been hunting together for last turkey season and this whole deer season and took a trip to wyoming together and killed a couple mule deer on public land so that was a pretty fun trip but this has been a a fun two years i'll tell you that yeah you're not kidding especially about that (laughs) wyoming trip i mean two southern boys out in wyoming having all these people look at us like we're crazy because we drove you know what was it 1700 miles (laughs) and 30 hours all the way there (laughs) i mean man that was a blast though yeah Uh, it was hopefully we get well, again, hopefully we can plan something else out for that. But, you know, just back to the podcast in general, you know, that's kind of some of our background. And another little more background is about us individually, uh, kind of like how we got into hunting. You know, everyone gets into hunting different ways, whether it's, you know, father or, you know, most of it's like a father, father figure that gets you into hunting. Well, my story is kind of different just because me growing up, I grew up in a family, uh, you know, my parents did not hunt at all. Uh not really the outdoorsy type, quote unquote. Um, but my mother's side of the family has a lot of outdoorsmen, a lot of, uh, you know, gentlemen that love to hunt, love to fish. And I started hanging out with my uncles a lot more. And uh, when I was 10 years old, my uncles kind of drew sticks on who was going to take me hunting first. And we went out and shot the rifles and everything. And I got to shoot an old Marlin 3030. And that was the first gun that I ever got to shoot. And went out hunting um, at 10 years old hunted for two years unsuccessfully had a couple opportunities at some good deer and just you know just couldn't ever get the shot off or anything like that and finally you know i turned 12 years old and i was able to harvest my first deer and it was a it's a little five point but i mean you couldn't be more proud and uh again i harvested with my uncle and ever since then you know i've always hunted with my uncle learned a lot of stuff from that man you know for his age you know he's taught me a lot of stuff that helped me uh shorten my learning curve uh you know be able to I guess get a little bit quicker uh, knowledge about some things that a lot of my other peers did not know about, uh, especially like, you know, hunting the wind, understanding, you know, kind of food sources, how deer fluctuate in between them throughout the year. Um, and again, another cool thing just about that day when I was able to harvest my first buck, uh, not 30 minutes later out of the same shooting house, my brother, my younger brother was able to harvest his first deer too, which was a, a little four point. And again, it's that tradition that is so strong in the South of, you know, families hunting together, going out, sharing time, and just spending time with each other, you know, something that definitely hits home with us. And I know, Andrew, you can kind of go about that a little bit more with your history and how you got into hunting. Yeah, man, for sure. I kind of started out from a very, very early age with my dad out in the woods, like most other guys. Um, we, we hunted the local wildlife management area near our house and we went out there and squirrel hunted and deer hunted without too much success. Cause you know, back when my dad was growing up, there wasn't a whole lot of deer in Alabama. So they were mainly squirrel hunters. So we did go out and slay some squirrels a lot, but when it came to deer hunting, we weren't exactly good at deer hunting yet. So fast forward a couple years, my dad actually passed away unexpectedly. Um, when I was 14 years old so that kind of left me without a way to hunt and 
I was just very blessed to be surrounded by great people in my church and great friends. And my best friend's dad kind of took me under his wing, showed me how to how to hunt, taught me a lot of the things that he knew. And he's probably one of the best deer hunters I'll ever meet. That guy could kill a deer in a Walmart parking lot. (laughs) (laughs) He taught me how to squirrel hunt, taught me how to deer hunt and it's just gone from there and I probably I've probably taken it way farther than anybody thought I would, but here I am today and that's kinda how I got started hunting public land too, because, you know, when I'm fourteen, fifteen years old I didn't really have anywhere to go and I was kinda at the mercy of, you know, my dad's friends that would take me a couple times a year and uh then when I turned sixteen and got my driver's license, that's when I really, really got into it and uh I would drive out to the local wildlife management area and hunt any chance I got. I'd, when most other kids were <laughs> uh, sleeping in, eating Cheerios before school, I was out running traps on the public land trying to learn as much as I could. <laughs> so it's been a wild ride, and I've learned a lot, and I've been blessed to have the opportunities that I've had and have this passion that I have. And that's just another reason that we wanted to start this podcast, and it's a reason that Sometimes I do a little bit of outdoor riding just because it's, it's something in me, you know, as most other hunters can relate. It's just something inside of you that you gotta, you got to pursue it and you got to act on it. And for me, that's hunting, and I, I just have to do it. It's part of who I am. I could talk about it all day. <laughs> I could talk about it for 12 hours on this intro podcast, but I guess I probably shouldn't do that. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, man, that's a lot of good information and kind of learn something right there for you know the average individual like you know everybody's different about how they get into hunting you know whether you know a family member got them into it or a family friend or something like that you know it's always great to hear you know what got them interested in the outdoors um and another thing you know with this podcast we definitely want to focus on the true outdoorsman uh you know from the outdoorsman when when it comes to hunting fishing backpacking or just you know just conservation in general that's something that we have a passion for and you know, with that being said, you know, the average outdoorsman, you know, not many people, especially in Alabama, own a lot of their personal land. You know, every now and then you have somebody that, you know, they have some property that they own. But a lot of guys, you know, they're in, whether hunting leases, clubs, or hunting public land. And that's kind of something we would like to connect with a lot of individuals is that you don't have to have a $2,000 lease every year to be able to kill good deer. I mean, you can go out there on public land, put your effort into it, and a lot of these guys that we're going to be interviewing in the uh, coming weeks is going to be able to showcase showcase this for you that you don't have to have all this money to be able to harvest good deer. And no matter where you live, there are good deer out there if you're willing to work for it. That's something that we've learned throughout the past, and especially this year. I mean, again, I still haven't harvested deer in Alabama, unfortunately. Uh, I've had a couple of missed opportunities uh, due to my part, but we've seen uh, this year I've seen more good bucks and mature bucks this year that I've seen any year previously, especially hunting public land. And it's just like that learning curve of being able to hunt all this acreage and being able to experience everything that you experience out there is just amazing. And it's amazing that so many people don't take into consideration the public land that we have and the willingness to go out there and use it. I mean, the amount of people that use public land for hunting access and fishing and stuff is amazing how low the number actually is. Uh, so actually for a lot of guys, that's good for you because <laughs> you can go out there and it <laughs> seems like you have your own, your own, uh, personal lease. It's going to be, you know, 20, 30,000 acres and, you know, parts of bow season, that's how it felt a lot of times. 
So, you know, we'd like to connect with a lot of guys about that. And, you know, you don't have to have, again, all this kind of money to go out and have all these crazy leases and, you know, be in, you know, a super expensive club and all this kind of stuff to have opportunities. I mean, you can do it at your back door on public land. And that's kind of something we want to focus on. And a couple other things, you know, just about some of our history, you know, Andrew and I, we both hunt, you know, a lot of public land all around the state of Alabama. I've had experience hunting up in Arkansas uh, and also a little bit of Missouri. And, you know, our kind of goal next coming years is to be able to do a little more travel hunting, out-of-state hunting. And that's kind of something we'd like to focus on on a couple of these episodes about, you know, what you can do for your money and your time frame and what you can be effective at. Uh, also, just with, you know, hunting in general, you meet a lot of great guys. And that's another thing we'd like about this is this is a great way for, you know, a great group of guys to come together and for just networking and just meet a lot of great people that y'all can, you know, continue to you know, find on social media or whatever to reach out to uh, for, you know, different tips and stuff that, you know, whether or not we talk about on the podcast that you might have a question. Uh, everybody that we'll interview, you know, we'll make sure we have a little contact info for them so you can kind of get in touch with everybody. And, you know, if someone, you know, something that someone uh, says resonates with you, you know, you definitely could reach out to them and, uh, you know, expand upon it more. Yeah, man, definitely. Yeah. Um, I like what you said about the whole travel hunting thing too, because that kind of brings up uh, something in my head where, you know, you've hunted in Arkansas, Missouri, and Alabama, and I've only hunted whitetails in Alabama my whole life. I've never, I've never hunted anything out of state until me and you went to Wyoming this year, and uh, I think we're definitely gonna in the coming weeks gonna be talking about how to make an out of state hunt happen. And you know, I used to not really be interested in doing an out of state hunt. And then something, something one day just kind of like got me and I was like, man, I want to go somewhere else and hunt something. I don't care what it is. I just need to go somewhere and hunt something. And in doing that, I realized that the more you go and travel around to hunt, the better of a hunter you become because you can learn constants that, that take place where you are and in other places and that just kind of strengthens your knowledge. Like, I know me and you, when we were in Wyoming, we saw a lot of deer using topography to their advantage, traveling in saddles, using benches, how they traveled draws. And we could, we took that back here and used that information, and it really helped us this year. And so, I don't know about you, but, you know, in the coming years, and hopefully this year, maybe do a little out-of-state turkey hunting, I'd love to do a Georgia bear hunt or something or just hunt deer in the mountains of Georgia. I think that'd be fun. But I can't wait to get on the phone with some people from some of these places and just pick apart how they hunt, where they hunt, the different ecosystems, the tactics they use. Because not only is it going to be entertaining, but I know that I'm going to learn a lot from it. Well, that's very true. And another thing, I love hunting out of state. I mean, I've had the opportunity to go to school for a little bit up in Arkansas um, had experience hunting up there and it's you know similar to how it is here in Alabama but it's also very different the deer act totally different uh, another thing guys you know especially if you live in the south you understand that the rut is crazy in the south I don't care what yeah. state you're in <laughs> it is absolutely crazy in Alabama if you play play your cards right okay and there's enough public land to be able to do this you could successively hunt the rut in Alabama from the end of November through the end of February <clears throat> or to, I guess, the end of season, which would be February 10th in Alabama. Uh, you could hunt the rut those two and a half months uh, successfully if you planned it right in Alabama because that's how spread out the rut is. And the cool thing is hunting these other states, you can kind of, you know, if you're a southern guy and you're hunting that 
later rut, whether it's you know December, January rut, which is kind of how it is here in Central Alabama. I know Andrew, where you're at, uh, it's definitely later right now. You know, it's the first week of February, and those deer are really chasing. Yeah, they're chasing but, right now. Exactly. <laughs> so, but the cool thing is, hunting out of state, you can hunt some of these, you know, major ruts. You know, you're talking first couple weeks of November that are absolutely crazy. And I remember that's how it was at up in Arkansas, and I, I have a younger brother that's up there right now in Arkansas, Northwest Arkansas, and. For some reason, he hasn't had the luck this year, but, man, they put down some good deer the last couple of years up there, uh, especially in the month of November. And it's just great to be a southern hunter and be able to experience a true rut where you're seeing a lot of chasing. Depending on where you're hunting, you have the deer population. You're going to see a lot of deer and hopefully be able to see a lot of bucks and get multiple opportunities. So that's another cool thing about just hunting out state. You get to experience a lot more. Like you said, you do grow faster as a hunter uh, just from your you know experiences, whether it's just for a couple of days or a week or ever how long you can get out. You'll learn so much faster doing that. Yeah, man, that's so right. And, you know, we like to get jealous of the guys, you know, in the Midwest, which they they do have something special up there. But there's a lot to be said about hunting this part of the country, too, because we can we can hunt so many different ecosystems, too. I can go I can drive an hour and I can be hunting a swamp bottom. I can drive another hour and I can be hunting a mountain, you know, and Mm -hmm. that that's awesome. I love it. And, you know, this year in particular, I started out my season back where I've been hunting the last few years, where uh, the rut there is usually first week of December into mid-December is when it gets really good. And then now I've been hunting other places. You know, early January I hunted a place where the rut was really kicking, and now I'm hunting another place where the rut's really kicking. So I've been kind of consistently on rut action ever since Thanksgiving. It's been awesome. That, that's That's one thing that's pretty cool about being a southern hunter. Not to mention we got some of the best turkey hunting in the nation. <laughs> I, yeah, I know that might make a couple people mad, <laughs> especially <laughs> in, any of our listeners that come from, you know, maybe in northern Missouri or so. But, yeah, I mean, that's very true. And, I mean, this is the different opportunities you can have, I mean, especially in the south. Um, you know, again, whether you're hunting, you know, the mountains in north Georgia or Tennessee. Uh, again, like you said, you know, pine rolling hills of central Alabama and, you know, Mississippi as well. Whether you want to be up in Arkansas and the you know rice flats of southern Arkansas or up in the uh, Ozarks of northern Arkansas, and you also southern Missouri too. I mean, the Ozark Mountains are beautiful up there, and it, just hunting those kind of animals is totally different from anywhere else. I mean, you're talking about some serious topography. And another thing that kind of we'd like to talk about, maybe a little bit about, is you know we're very active on social media. Uh, that's kind of how we got started with this whole idea. Is just how many people we're meeting through social media, through different pages and everything that we ought to do something similar to this, you know, do a podcast. And in October, I released the Running Gun Whitetail Hunters team page, which is just a group on Facebook uh, that is focused on individuals hunting either public or private land. And their focus is hunting mobile, you know, hanging hunt, you know, running gunning, as we say. And with that, we've been able to meet, I'm talking, I think we're at about 1200 members so far and we've been able to meet so many different people from all around the country that have the same mindset as us you know we have some guys up in new hampshire same mindset as us down here in the south uh just for hunting tactics and stuff like that and we have guys all the way out west in kansas and same kind of tactics but it's just great meeting a lot of guys in the south that have similar ideas with us and similar questions you know how to hunt, you know, whether or not you're hunting, like you said, like swamp bomb, stuff like that, whether you're hunting, you know, 
big big oak ridges or you know mountains like again like the ozark mountains we have a couple members up in the ozark mountains and they've had some questions about that and that's something we'd like to address uh with a couple of guys up there and stuff like that is just you can connect with so many different people through social media and that's really allowed us to grow to the point right now where we have thought about doing this podcast uh again just with knowing so many different people it's going to be really awesome to have a bunch of people that we can already relate to in the south and get connected with for the podcast and we're going to relate that to you guys listening right now and so you can apply that to wherever you're hunting yeah man yeah for sure and you know growing up hunting where i've been hunting pretty much all my life it's like how in the world do i pattern these deer on these like wide open pine plantations <laughs> or on a parcel that's just like nothing but cut over and there's like maybe one draw going up through the middle of it with some timber or going to another parcel and it's just a giant vast expanse of nothing but mountain hardwoods it's like what what in the world do i do here and there's just not a lot of stuff out there on it. But there's a lot of people that live in this part of the country who really know how to do it. Some of the best hunters in the world. And hopefully we can seek them out, have them on here, have them share their knowledge and figure some stuff out. So it took me a long, it took me years to figure out how to hunt where me and you hunt, Jacob. But I think I got a, mm-hmm. a, the hang of it now. And hopefully I can help shorten somebody else's learning curve if they're hunting the same kind of area. But that's something we'll get into on other podcasts but man we're excited to bring this to y'all and we can't wait to bring you the first episode with content our first guest and jacob what you thinking man well i think we've we've uh definitely started off right hopefully you know you guys are still listening to us you know you have a general idea of where we're going to go with this and how you can get connected and just before you know we you know tune off right now uh, Andrew, kind of like let us know a little bit about how they can get connected with us through uh, social media. Yeah, so you can just reach out to me or Jacob. I'm Andrew Maxwell. He's Jacob Myers. And uh, you can reach out to us on our Facebook pages. You can seek us out on the Run and Gun Whitetail Hunters team page. That's Jacob's page that he mentioned earlier. We're very active on there, as well as pages like Alabama Deer Hunters. I'm on Florida Hunters Network as well, and a couple others, Missouri Deer Hunters. Uh, just reach out to me on there or you can follow our page uh, the Southern Outdoorsman Uh, go on there and like that page you can see it whenever we publish a podcast or whenever I might drop an article I write some articles on there as well so just follow along that way Uh, stay tuned we should be dropping some pretty great content here pretty soon Uh, we got the NWTF convention coming up if any of y'all are going to be at the NWTF convention in Nashville Jacob and myself will be there uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So holler at us. We'd love to meet you. Maybe grab lunch, talk about stuff, talk about hunting, man. We're excited. Jacob? That That is very true. We are very excited about this, guys. So, again, just get ready to tune in for our first official episode when it comes out. And until then, guys, just be aware of the Southern Outdoorsman podcast, and we look forward to hearing from you all later. Thank you. That's right. Thanks, y'all. Hey everybody, this is Kyle Veet, host of the Ozark Podcast, a show where we sit down with outdoorsmen of the Ozark Mountains region to talk all things hunting and fishing. Just like the outdoorsmen who live here, we follow the seasons and interview regional experts on everything from bear hunting, to fishing for smallmouth and trout, and discussing big questions like what happened to all the quail in the southeast. If you're enjoying this show, 
then I know you'll enjoy the Ozark podcast. You can listen to the show on all podcasting platforms and make sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode.